Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive, Goodman Hurdle. Watch us at You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman. Today, there was an auction for computers, thousands of sports trading cards, golf equipment, bicycles, Apple TVs, workout equipment, and more. The auction is open at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at rollerauction.com backslash MHS. Time now for the lead. The lead presented by Sasquatch Casino in Blackhawk. So Todd Helton, he is going into the Hall of Fame. One guy who got a front row seat to watching Helton during the majority of his career is former Rockies general manager Dan O'Dowd. Good morning, Dan. How are you? Good, Eric. How are you? Eric and Bruce, hope you guys are doing well. Thanks for having me on. Thank well, you. it's it's a good day. If you are a Rockies fan, I'm guessing it's a very good day for you as well because you were there for the majority of Helton's career. Yeah, I'm really happy for Todd and Christy and the girls. Uh, but I, you know, also I'm truly happy for the Rockies organization. I'm happy for, for Pat Doherty, who uh, selected Todd um, in the draft, and for Bobby Gebhardt, who was part of his development process and gave him the opportunity to play at the big league level. And I'm really happy for Dick and Charlie because I think this is a uh, tremendous milestone and it's a big significance for the for the franchise. There's a lot of metrics that we'll remember about Todd Helton that put all together make him a Hall of Famer. Beyond that, Dan, what should we really remember about Todd Helton as a player, as a guy in that locker room uh, that should live well beyond his life? Um, well, again, Eric, I- I've been really blessed in my career to be around some phenomenal hitters in Cleveland. It's uh, Ramirez, Tomey, Lofton. Um, Albert Bell, and in Colorado, Larry Walker. But out of all of them, I think the purest hitter I was around in my career was Todd Helton. He, uh, his understanding of the strike zone, um, his ability to get back in counts when he was out of counts and at bats, uh, his balance, rhythm, and timing at the plate, his ability to hit elite pitching, and then how phenomenal of a defensive first baseman. I think that's the one part of his game has been completely overlooked in all the discussions. He was an elite defender. You know, in the Hall of Fame, currently only Jeff Bagwell of first basemans ever won a gold glove. Todd won three. And uh, he worked at that part of his craft as hard as any player I've ever seen work on defense. I, I believed in the years where we were competitive, Todd saved um, our infield probably 30 to 40 errors a year in his ability to play the position. And I thought he revolutionized first base defensively and how he played the first, the bunt defensive. I think he totally took away um, the ability to bunt down the first baseline with a runner on second base. He was that proficient at making that play. And so, you know, I think all of it, and then the fact that he showed up and played every day, I, I thought the, the one thing that he earned respect certainly from his peers and, all of us in the front office is there. I can't tell you how many times Todd played when he wasn't even close to being 100%, and yet he showed up night in and night out with his desire to compete and win. I am sure that, you know, you working at MLB Network with all the analysts there, you have heard the pros for Todd getting into the Hall of Fame, and you've heard the cons, and the cons are usually pretty consistent, which are yeah. plated altitude, and and you were there for this, Dan, because you started in 1999, 
his biggest numbers of his career were without a humidor. With that, how fair is that criticism? People will counter by saying, well, he hit really, really well on the road. And I understand that his, his splits on the road were pretty good. But is it a fair criticism to say, hey, listen, hit 49 home runs, hit 42 home runs when they didn't have a humidor? Yeah, I mean, I get it. And, um, I mean, everybody's argument is based upon their perception of what things are. I mean, having lived Coors Field for 15 years, um, I don't think there's a more challenging venue for a player to play in um, in the history of any sport. When you are playing in environmental climactic conditions uh, that change on a consistent basis for you, there's a physical and mental toll uh, that play into that. Um, that I don't think anybody can, I'm not even trying to make an argument anymore. I've tried really hard. I just don't think anybody conceptually can really understand it. So I felt like Todd played the bulk of his career at a disadvantage, not an advantage. Certainly the ballpark played to a swing, tremendously big gaps. His double numbers are historic. Um, but I can tell you that took a physical and mental toll on him to be able to do that. And then when you go on the road, uh, Eric, uh, baseball is a game of muscle memory. So when you when you get five at bats at yep. home in a six game homestand, and then you get on a plane and fly to San Diego, uh, you see no movement at home for uh, probably somewhere around 150 to 200 pitches, and you go on the road and you see millimeters differences of movements. You know, in his 17 years of playing, um, he played with some really great players that didn't even come close to hitting even have an OPS that was even average on the road. And Todd's road numbers are better than Carl Yuskrimski, Reggie Jackson, as good as Al Kaline. They weren't just good. They were great compared to other Hall of Fame numbers. It shows you how unbelievable a talent he was to be able to make that type of adjustment. Larry Walker, as great a player he was, he didn't do that. And so Todd is just – He's just unique in his own, and I am just telling you how hard it is to play there physically and mentally, and he did that for 17 years. I'm of the belief that he, if, he, if he got drafted and played in a normalized environment, he would, not, he would have been a first-time Hall of Fame uh, ballot winner, not a sixth or seventh time it took him to get in. Yeah, so so we, we talked about the difficulty for Todd. You spent many years here as the GM. Let's talk about somebody who is trying to build a team here as a general manager. Jeff Breidich followed you. Bill Schmidt has followed Jeff Breidich. I'm not going to say something in life is impossible, but now that you have a 500-foot view being away from the organization for 10 years, is it nearly an impossible task to truly try to build a consistent playoff team here in Denver because of all of the things that you just mentioned. I'm not saying impossible, but your job is harder than everybody else in major league baseball. I mean, I mean, looking back at it, I definitely felt it was, I never could say that, uh, why I was there because that certainly would have not been taken. (laughs) (laughs) We know where you're going. It's all good, man. It's all good. Because (laughs) some of the media here are vultures. And I know in that organization, I was accused of being that guy, but you and I have built a relationship since then, but you and I've had these conversations off air and everything you say to me makes sense. And I agree with it. So explain it to our listeners and our viewers, how difficult it is to build 
a consistent playoff uh, team here? I mean, reality, guys, I couldn't do that in a five-minute uh, yeah. soundbite like this. It's a it's a really long, in-depth discussion that involves you know people intellectually just wrapping their arms around. Um, but you know, I will say there is a blueprint in place. When we went uh, and you know, like everybody felt like when it still bothers me to this day, quite honestly, and not many things, I've let mostly everything go, but the call 2007 is a, a fluke is a really a misjustice to the young men that was on that team. I felt like there was a level of frustration through the course of 2007 that we had underachieved because we knew the kind of talent we had and we knew the kind of character, the talent we had, and we knew what we had as a team from a culture standpoint. And so when we finally went on a run, it was like, you know, the, the reaction to the people that knew it inside of it was, you know, it's about time because that was a really good team. And 20 of those 25 players were homegrown, whether it was from our Latin American program where they were signed and developed within our organization, they were homegrown. And I'm not saying Red Sox had a tremendous team, but, you know, take 10 days off and playing a game of baseball. You're just, there's no way you're going to be competitive because it's a game of rhythm and timing and uh, you can't replicate it in any kind of drill work or any kind of simulation work. Um, but there's a blueprint there is what I'm trying to say to, to win. It's just, there's a physical toll that takes like Jeff Francis through, <laughs> I think 258 innings that year mm. um, broke. Then after that, I thought Jeff Francis was maybe one of the best pitchers the organization had ever drafted and developed and his, his model of his stuff um, in, a, in a game, in an era now that you can measure all that back then we couldn't, um, it really played well in that type of environment. So there is a blueprint in place. It's just, you have to be not just good at scouting and development. You've got to be great and you got to be consistently great. And then you've got to really look at your windows when they open and when they close and you have to get in front of the ones when they close. And that means you've got to pr be proactive and moving players that are painful to move uh, based upon, you know, the fan base in Colorado really loves its players. And that's a wonderful dynamic. Um, but, you know, sometimes you just can't hold on to those players for too long because there is a cliff that's going to come at some point in time. And you've got to maximize their value pretty much when it's at the top, not when the cliff begins. We're talking with Dan O'Dowd, former Rockies general manager, as Todd Helton is going into the Hall of Fame. I'm interested in 2007 and the trade potentially between you guys and the Red Sox at the time. I'm a huge Boston Red Sox fan, and I mean hard die. Sorry about that. Sorry. Well, you know what? <laughs> you know what? It's been a pretty good century. I'll just say that. The, 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 the one we're in right now. Uh, we'll see if we can get back to a to a place of relevance and competitiveness. But, uh, but you ever notice you ever notice that fans refer to the team as we? Yeah, Dan. Well, especially yeah. for baseball, especially for yeah, not not for any other sport. But 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 when you live with the team for 162 games, right. or even more than that, you do have a stronger affinity for. Yeah, it. That, okay. and that's the beauty. That's the yes. beauty of the game. It, it is, it, it, and I love that about the game of baseball. All right, yeah, but, that that uh, that deal started. Uh, you know, at a whole level above me. Um, I wasn't even aware of the conversations that were going on. I think it was Charlie um, Montford was in the middle of that with Larry Lucchino. And quite honestly, that was brought to my attention very, very, very late in the process. Mm. Um, 
And so, I mean, and that dynamic happens uh, from time to time with all 30 teams. And ultimately, you know, the people that write the checks and own the organization have a right to do what they think is in the best interest of that organization. And, you know, that's just part of not being an owner, but being a, a general manager. So that was brought to my attention pretty late in the process. Um, that was pretty far down the road when I got involved. Mm. Um, but the first thing that, you know, that I did was, you know, make sure that I sat with Todd um, and Charlie and Dick asked me to sit with Todd and get his pulse on it. So we did meet and we had a pretty, I mean, the one thing about the role that you have in particular position I was in is that, you know, you get to a point with your players is that I learned, it took me some time to learn this. Like every, I was a slow learner on most things. Um, but, you know, it took me some time to understand that the one thing that players want is honesty and they want consistent honesty. And I felt like I did a good job at that with um, most of our players and trying to be very upfront with them um, along the way is that, we had a very frank discussion about where we were at, you know, because Todd couldn't see what I could see um, with what was coming in the organization and the kind of kids that were coming and what kind of players they had a chance to be. And so he couldn't, he couldn't see all that. He just was a level of frustration because we had been bad for so long and we had gone through, we had a good year in 2000 and it was really because he had, he should have been the MVP to leg that year. It's a joke that he wasn't. Um, but it was in the middle of a steroid era. So you know, mm. a lot of players had mm. ridiculous numbers, but um, you know, we, you know, we had that ill-fated signings and we finally realized that we got to rebuild this thing the way it needs to be done properly. So he'd gone through a lot of losing yeah. a level of frustration on his part. Cause he just really wanted to win, but you know, it was a very frank discussion about how close we were and how I thought, I mean, he had to make a decision based on what he felt was in the best interest of himself and his family. But I just felt like if he stayed a little patient, you know, some really good things were going to happen here. But, I mean, I'm sure some of that rang hollow to him, too. Does does Rocktober um, happen without Todd Hilton? Um, you know, I don't think so. Not no. in the way it unfolded. Right. Not with the home run against Saito. I mean, you got to remember that dude. We we couldn't sniff a hit against yep. that yeah. dude. So even Matty Holiday hitting the, you know, taking the ball insiding out at the right field. I thought that was a cause for celebration because we have finally just gotten a guy who got a hit off the guy. <laughs> and so, you know, then to him hang a slider right in the middle of the plate and Todd hit it out. Kelly McGregor, our, our late president, who just was an incredible leader and an unbelievable human being. He was almost like clairvoyant. And I haven't shared this with anybody, but I got in my car to drive home that night, and Kelly called me and said, you know what, buckle up. And I said, well, I'm buckled up. I'm driving home right now. And he goes, no, I mean buckle up, because we are about to go on the ride of your life. And, um, man, he was just, he was spot on. Wow. Um, and I think that he felt, and, uh, so did I, that we were waiting for a moment that would galvanize the group to begin to believe that they could be as good as we kept feeling they could have been. And I guess he felt that was the moment that he, he, he was right completely. And, um, but I don't think it happens the way it happened. What's crazy is that Mike Lowell was in that deal. And, yep. you know, Mike's a colleague of mine here at, at the network. He, by the way, was completely unaware they could have been traded other than me having that conversation with him, uh, you know, years, years, years uh, later, was that he was the MVP of the World Series that year. So, yep. you know, it's kind of credible that that took place <laughs> the way it did. One more thing before we cut you loose. We've known each other for a long time. I'm certainly not going to shy away 
from a tough question. And I'm not trying to put you on the spot, but I want to bring up something that you just said. One of the criticisms here of the Rockies organization when you were here and certainly when you left was that ownership gets too involved. I am absolutely aghast when you said that Charlie Monfort was negotiating this deal with Larry Luciano, the president and CEO of the team, and you had very little knowledge of that. How the hell does that work? And you're the GM of the team. Um, you know, I mean, conversations go on at owners meetings all the time, you know, between different owners. I mean, you'd be amazed at how many, you know, deals start with just a happenstance of a conversation and a passing thought. Um, so, I, you know, guys, I never really took offense. I mean, I always realized the reality of, you know, what roles were within the game. And um, I never really thought with an ego. Course field kind of has a way of taking care of egos. <laughs> and, uh, and so I, you know, I just, uh, I, you know, I always looked at it like I've, 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 I worked for multiple different owners in our game from Edward Bennett Williams in Baltimore to Dick and David Jacobs in, um, in Cleveland to uh, Jerry McMorris and then Dick and Charlie in Colorado. And I'm, mean, I felt, you know, like Dick is one of the best owners I've ever been around. He's passionate he cares about all the right things. He wants to do well. Um, and, you know, it's just, it's just a hard place to be an owner in. It's just a really hard place to be an owner in because fans, like, clamor to spend money. Um, I'm not sure that that's the answer in Colorado. Mm. I don't think spending money on, you know, veteran, talented players is, you know, that works in other venues would work there. So I think that's an unfair criticism so i mean dick treated myself and my family exceptionally well there so i only have really really fond memories of of dick and again i work for a lot of different owners so i do think i've got a lot of perspective about that within the game and the role that i have now i I get to see how all 30 teams operate and so um and i just i mean i i like the passion i've got to have an owner that's really passionate and involved and having an owner that is completely disconnected um you know, from what's going on within the organization. So anyway. Dan, really appreciate your time. Went a little bit longer than usual, but as you said, I mean, we could keep you on for an hour if you would have, if you would have us for an hour, but you know, we got to hit a commercial break, pay a little bills, you know, that being on the media side, what's that? I said, I know that feeling very well. So I caught a break because now you guys got to take a break. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. Dan, thanks for your time. Appreciate it, man. Okay. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Dan uh, O'Dowd, former Rockies general manager. want to appreciate him for coming on the show. Coming up after the break. So, Helton is going into the Hall of Fame. How does his career not compare with John Elway, but is it similar? And do we look at Helton with the same affinity that we look at Elway, not because of championships with Elway, but because he spent his whole career with one team? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com.
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed at Bruce Hurdle at Eric Goodman today. There's an auction for computers, thousands of sports cards, golf equipment, workout equipment, and more. Auction is open at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, if you are looking for authentic Cajun cuisine, and I mean the best in town, sausage gumbo with dirty rice, six different po'boys, crawfish, etouffee, the only place and the best place to go to is Nola Jane and Lodo. It's right off of Market Street, just steps from Ball Arena. So that tells me if you're going to go down there and you want great food and you don't want to pay a lot of money for food that is nowhere near as good as Nola Jane, head on over there before the game, after the game, before a concert, after the concert, Nola Jane, best in town. Love that place. Go find them and get yourself some gumbo. Time now for the buzz. The buzz is presented by Castle Rock Men's Health and Castle Rock and Aurora. See why Eric only trusts his health with Dr. Lee at Castle Rock Men's Health. I want to go back to something that Dan said and how we finished this conversation. It's hard to work for a meddling owner. And you have, and I like Charlie very much. I really, really do. And he's no longer really part of the decision-making process anymore. It is Dick. And I understand that the Monforts looked at those kids in that locker room as if they were their own kids, Mm -hmm. sometimes Mm -hmm. to their detriment. With that, how do you keep your general manager out of the loop when you are considering trading your best player? It's a fair question. Dan said, I found out about this late in the game. Really? And you know who on the other side, his contemporary in Boston at the time was Theo Epstein, who had already won a World Series. (laughs) So, I mean, Larry Luciano was the CEO and team president. Yep. And I understand it needs to be higher at the top. And if you want to start that way, that's fine. But how do you not make Dan aware that these conversations are going on? It seems very odd. Now, I will say this. If people remember, there was still five years left on a, like a $145 million contract in two, going into that 2007 season. It was a very interestingly timed potential trade move because if you look at what Todd did, he was more, he was at the, at the top of his career, but he was starting his decline. Is, it, is that a fair thing to say about where he was in 2007-2008? Um, not, not that he started his, but, but, he, but, but oh, as it played out. Okay, well, I'll, I'll put this into perspective for you, okay? In 2005, okay, he had a very, very good 2004 season. Mm-hmm. In 2005, his power numbers were down. 20 home runs, 79 RBI. Okay. Mm-hmm. His strikeout to walk ratio is still good. Hitting 320, though, on base percentage, 445, and an outstanding glove. Okay. Still. 2007. Yeah. His numbers kept going down. 2007, he finished with 17 home runs, 91 RBI, still hit 320 on base percentage, was still more than pretty good. His value, at least for me, Todd Helton was playing with a tremendously talented shortstop mm-hmm. who threw the ball at times like Nuke Lelouch. Yeah. You had no idea where that ball was going at times. Well, he should have worn a garter. <laughs> well, with that, 
Helton played backstop to a young bucking Colt. Yep. Is what he did. And it's okay if you want to trade Todd Helton. And his numbers were starting to decline. There's nothing wrong with having that conversation. How do you not let your general manager know right. you are considering this? It's it, it's a very legitimate question. And that's a meddling owner to me. Could you imagine Greg Penner saying, you know, having a conversation with another owner about Pat Sertan and then letting Sean and George know as the conversations are way down the road? That would be a... That's what Jerry Jones does. Yeah, that would That's be a That's what Daniel no. Snyder does. Hard no. You no, that would not happen with with, with Greg Benner and, and Sean Payne. And oh, by the way, say what you want to, and I'll defend Dan O'Dowd. Mm-hmm. And full disclosure, Dan and I are friends. But the truth is, when you look at Dan O'Dowd's history on how he and John Hart built the Cleveland the Indians, Indians right. from nothing into a talent-rich major league club and minor league club show the guy a little bit of respect and oh by the way people disagree with me because it wasn't on dan's watch but it was on his watch dan o'dowd didn't get the rockies to the playoffs every single year he explained why Mm -hmm. it's difficult to do it here and it really is if you really want to get into the nuts and bolts of it it is nearly impossible to build a playoff consistent team year after year because of hitting on the road, hitting at home. Pitching on the road, pitching at home. It, it, it's so baseball one on 101, he said it very well. This is an hour conversation, and he and I have had yeah. those conversations. But with that, the Rockies went to the playoffs under his watch in 07 and 09. They went to the playoffs, I believe, in 17 and 18, right? Yes. That was all his talent. Mm-hmm. That had nothing to do with Jeff Breidich. I believe, except for one trade, which was, and now I can't remember his name, uh, uh, Marquez. And Marquez, by the way, was a throw-in mm-hmm. in that deal. He was not the main piece to it. Almost the entire starting lineup and the majority of the starters all came from Dan O'Dowd. He is responsible for 17 and 18, not Jeff Breidich. Yeah. But I think he said one really, he said a bunch of things. It, it, obviously, a great, deep wealth of knowledge, not just about the Rockies, but baseball in general. And you appreciate that experience and where he comes from with it. He said something that I thought was right on target. And it's why I shook my head and rolled my eyes when the Rockies signed Chris Bryant. It's just not a place where you need to do that. You've got to sign, draft, sign, and develop players. You've got to have homegrown players. And um, I thought that that I thought that was certainly very interesting as well because I not just because I agree with it, but it makes total sense to me. So anyway, let's put something in perspective here, okay? When you look at the 2017 roster, Charlie Blackman, O'Dowd's guy, LeMahieu, O'Dowd's guy, Arenado, O'Dowd's guy, Story, O'Dowd's guy, Cargo, O'Dowd's guy. That's just the lineup. Now let's go to the pitching on what that looked like. I said Marquez is the responsibility of Jeff Breidich. Kyle Freeland, I believe, O'Dowd's guy. Senzatella, O'Dowd's guy. Gray, O'Dowd's guy. Hoffman, O'Dowd's guy. 
That was O'Dowd's team. Years, three years later, mm-hmm. that was his team. Yeah. The lag effect of baseball. Guys that they signed, drafted, signed, and developed. Right. Bingo. Coming up after the break, John Elway played his whole career in Denver. He will forever be remembered for that, along with many other positive things. As for Todd Helton, would he be remembered the same if in 2007 a trade was made that Helton reluctantly agreed to? Would Helton be remembered the same if he only played 10 and a half years here instead of 17? That's next. Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning, morning drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us, mylifesports.com. You can reach us on the Roller Auctions Twitter feed, at Bruce Hurdle, at Eric Goodman today. There's an auction for computers, thousands of sports cards, golf equipment, bicycles, Apple TVs, workout equipment, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications about upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. Time now for What's Trending. What's Trending is brought to you by Nola Jane Restaurant and Bar. Let Nola Jane spice up your next trip to Lodo with the best Cajun cuisine in Denver. As we've been talking about most of the morning, Todd Helton going into the Baseball Hall of Fame. Good for him. Congratulations to him. However, he may not have had his entire career played here if, indeed, a deal did not fall through, ironically, with the Boston Red Sox in 2007 as the Red Sox and the Rockies both played in the World Series. And I love what Todd said when he was asked about that at his press conference on Zoom with the entire media. He said, I would have rather have lost with the Rockies than have won with somebody else. Yeah, it was a really cool moment. And it was probably the most um, penetrating thing that he said. Yes. Uh, Amongst many things. He was speaking from the heart. He was emotional. He was speaking from the heart. He was humbled, um, excited, all of those things. Uh, That was a really good nugget. I love that. But with that, would Rockies fans still look at Helton with the same affinity that they currently do now had he only played 10 and a half years here as opposed to his whole career? No, I I think that they would look differently upon him. And I think that that's a natural thing. I think fans look different. They're very appreciative for guys that come in and provide moments. A Peyton Manning will always be looked upon by Broncos country as a Bronco, even though he spent more time as a Indianapolis. But there's a reason why. Sure. Because Manning talks so affectionately and effusively about Denver. Anytime he is seen out publicly and he is wearing orange and blue, 
people think he's one of ours. No question. He lives here. He's one of ours. Right. He's on the Manning cast. He's holding up a trophy, and the colors are orange and blue. See, he's one of us. Yep. Hey, Colts fans, you had him. Ursay dumped him because he was injured, drafted Andrew Luck. And honestly, I don't think this is an accident from Peyton Manning. I think Peyton Manning is a guy who, when you slight him, he is a guy that might forgive, but sure as hell doesn't forget. I would agree with that. I think that yeah. Peyton Manning has fueled that fire and not by accident. And I think we're all in Broncos country glad that he did because we're more than happy to to count him as one, right? I mean, he's a guy. He's a guy. But no, I think that you do look differently at guys that spent their whole career in one place, especially guys that made differences. John Elway, Joe Sackick. Guys like that. You have a different affinity for players like that, um, especially when they had opportunities to go other places and it didn't work out that way. Well, it's interesting that you should say it that way because you cannot look, on. if we're being completely honest, we cannot look at Randy Gratishar and say, well, he spent his whole career here. He had to. There was no free agency. Oh, right. Absolutely. But for Joe Sackick, for Todd Helton, for John Elway, they played in the free agency era. Barring a trade like Nolan Arenado, right? Mm-hmm. Played in the era of free agency, still does, obviously. A trade is different. But when you have the opportunity to go someplace else and you choose to stay here, as I said earlier on in the show, a guy is drafted. Elway wasn't technically drafted by the Broncos, but let's not get into the semantics anywhere of it. else, though. You walk, you don't walk, you are carried into the room. You are carried into your house through a doorway like a baby. And you walk out of that house on your own for the final time from that same house. There is something to be said for no that question. when it comes to a fan base. I agree. I think it I, I think it is, and it's and it's more unique. Now, you don't see it as much now in the age of free agency, and I get it. I get it. I mean, you look at a Tim Duncan, Mm -hmm. whole career with one team. Right. Steph Curry will likely stay his whole career with one team. LeBron James, wherever he has a chance to win a championship. You look at him differently. You do. There's no doubt about it. And LeBron is one of the two greatest, two or three greatest players in NBA history. But you look at him differently than you do... Tim Duncan, for instance. No question. What do we have coming up on Just In Case You Missed It? And oh, by the way, we do have a little bit of breaking news coming from the Avalanche that I'm sure that you're going to want to talk about because two guys are expected to come back in the lineup. I don't want to step on your tees, but I know you're going to get to that. (laughs) We'll talk about that. And then fans have also come together to support a cat rescue charity involved with Bill's kicker, Tyler Bass. That's all coming up next on Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle on My Life Sports. Morning Drive with Goodman and Hurdle, presented by Silterhar Mazda. A no-pressure buying experience in Broomfield at Silterhar Mazda. Find them at sthmazda.com. 
Live from the Sasquatch Casino and Wildcard Casino Sports Desk, here's Eric and Bruce. Welcome back. Morning Drive. Goodman Hurdle. Watch us. MileHighSports.com. You can reach us. Roller Auctions Twitter feed. At Bruce Hurdle. At Eric Goodman. Today, there's an auction for computers, thousands of sports cards, golf equipment, bicycles, Apple TVs, workout equipment, and more. Auction is open right now at RollerAuction.com. Get notifications. But upcoming auctions at RollerAuction.com backslash MHS. In the meantime, if you're looking to have a great time this weekend, I always recommend Greenfields Pool and Sports Bar. It's like a three-ring circus. They always have something uh, going on. And with that, I always want to apologize to my friend Chad, the owner of Greenfields, for waking him up so early in the morning because he was probably deep in sleep and he knew he was going to be joining us this morning. Chad, how you doing, sleepyhead? I'm doing well. How are we doing this morning, gentlemen? We are doing real well. Let's start it off with live bands. You have every Friday, Saturday, no cover. Who is performing this weekend? We have a band called Brass Attack playing this weekend, Friday and Saturday. They are an amazing R&B band. They have a cool horn section, which is always a fun time in the bar with the sound equipment that we use. Um, they're they're awesome. And there's no cover to get in ever to get into Greenfields. And uh, next month we got more great bands coming all month long. So Sunday is a big day for the yes, NFL. It it's an especially big day for Chad. Mr. 49ers fan. We'll talk about the game in just a minute. But I want to know, are you going to treat all of the people who go there if the 49ers win, go to the Super Bowl with an extra special drink special, which I'm totally putting you on the spot for? Yes, you are. Yes. Uh, I, I would go on a limb and say that if any 49er fans want to come in this weekend and watch the game with me uh, when it starts at 430, that, you know, Wear a hat, wear a jersey, I'll buy you a drink. I got no problem with that. But everybody, everybody will be getting two-for-one Bud Lights all day on Sunday as we normally run that special during the football season. We'll continue that through the Super Bowl weekend. So, And we obviously have our happy hour between 3 and 7 o'clock every day, two-for-one on wines while in draft. So if you go watch the 49ers with Chad, not only do you get a free drink if you wear your 49ers swag, but you get two-for-one as well? Yes. Now, are you willing to offer it? No, so I'm strong arming you here. My God, you are just like. No, I won't do that. I, I, I won't do that. Now, if you don't. I'm, I'm saving you, Chad. Okay. Jeez. Thank you, Bruce. Now, <laughs> at, at halftime of the game, you have a couple of pool tables there, don't you? Is there, or is it just a couple? No, no, no. We got 15 pool tables in the house. Oh, 15. Yeah. By, by the way, have you ever played anybody in pool who has <laughs> called the eight ball on the break? Do you know anybody who's ever done that? There was this one time back last month. Uh-huh. It was almost, it was so close to Christmas. I considered it a Christmas miracle. I was there around that, that time. That gentleman did, did call his shot and he made the eight ball and, and gave me a cue drop and everything. It was amazing. A ravishingly good looking man. Yes. He did win those first two games in a row, by the way. And, and just for the sake of conversation, we'll call this mystery person, Eric oh my Goodman. God. <laughs> you did win the next three. So I did. Thank I'll, you. <laughs> I'll give you credit for that. Uh, as far as the game goes, yeah, I know you have your eye on it. How are you feeling about the 49ers against the Lions? Uh, I, I think we got a wake up call last week. I'm a little worried about Debo not playing, but I do think that we are ready to go this weekend. And I will say that we will win 31 to 23. That's wow. my prediction. Okay. Right. One one more quick question. I don't know if this is a prediction. If this is going to happen. 
you are not shy about going to the casinos in Las Vegas. I'm sure, I'm sure when you walk in the door, they're like, you know, out of cheers, like Norm is, Chad, <laughs> will you be going to the Super Bowl? And what are you willing to pay for a ticket if the 49ers go? Well, I have a great story about four years ago when I did go to the Super Bowl with my brother, and I won't. It's going to be too long. You guys got to get to the rest of the show. Yeah. Um, I actually will be in Mesquite in Nevada on a golf trip that weekend. So I have plans in place that there potentially might make myself go to Super Bowl. I've got some feelers out there, but I, I've paid uh, over thousands of dollars for a ticket before four years ago, and I might do it again. So if I'm going to be in the state an hour away, I feel obligated if the Niners make it. But I don't want to get ahead of myself. we got a big game this weekend. But, yep. yes, I'll probably be going to the game. So if for some reason you have to pay thousands of dollars for a ticket, does yeah. that mean for at least one week at Greenfields, the happy hour special is off? <laughs> no, it, it just means that uh, I've been blessed to own this bar for eight and a half years. Yes. And that business has been very good and the community has been very good that I can treat myself. How do people find you? Go to the internet, uh, greenfieldbar.com. We're on Instagram, Facebook. Um, our menus are on there. Our phone numbers are on there. Directions are on there. Um, come down, have a good time, and uh, go Niners this weekend. Chad, have a great weekend. All right, gentlemen. See you later. See, see you, Chad. Chad. Time now for the final word. The final word. Presented by Greenfield's Pool and Sports Bar in Lakewood. Greenfield's has everything under one roof, including the best happy hour in town. Two-for-one wine, well, and drafts from 3 until 7 p.m. Just in case you missed it, is presented by Argonaut Wine and Liquor. You need to see why Westward named it the best liquor store in Denver. Five years running or order online at ArgonautLiquor.com. All right, we'll get to our breaking news here with the Avs. As Jared Bednar said this morning, that both Arturi Lekkonen and Bowen Byram will play tonight uh, at home against the Capitals. Lekkonen has been out since November 9th. Byram has been out since January 4th. Uh, how big of a boost is it to have these two guys back in the lineup? I think it's great to get some rust off them in the two games that they have before essentially a nine-day break. You could have gone the other way with it and allowed them to rest up that much more. They will not be playing at home after these games right. until after the Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. They go back out on the road. So um, I, I'll be glad to have both of them back and because I, I think both of them are needed for this team to be closer to complete and certainly to be closer to the team they want to be in the postseason, realizing we're still months away from that. I mean, I know that the Avalanche are going to be gone for a long time, but at least it is shorter than the amount of time that Tyreek Hill was married. Ooh, I saw that. You filed for a divorce yesterday? Yeah, after being married for like 70-something days. Oh. Well done, pal. Well done. At what point did you realize this was a mistake unless you got engaged after the first date. I hope the prenup kicks in. I don't even know if the pure prenup has probably been filed yet. It's such a short amount of time that you have been married. wonder how that house burned down. La La, what was it? Uh, Red Eye Lopez? Who was L it? Left Eye, oh, left eye, left eye Lisa Lopez. Lopez. Lisa Lopez, <laughs> right? right? Andre and Andre Risen. Risen. Yeah. Bad right. Moon Horizon. That was Argonaut Wine and Liquor. Just in case you missed it, always great specials on wine. Right now, the specials are this. French wines are 15% off. Uh, the weekend is coming up. Stock up. Big games on Sunday. 
Argonaut delivers to the entire Denver metro area. Every deliver over 200 bucks is going to be free. Or go check them out off of Colfax or on their app as well. That's going to do it for us. Brett, Alex, great job as always. Same with you, Bruce. I will try and do better tomorrow. Make it the best possible day you can. My next mistake, love's a game, want to play. No money, suit and tie. I can read you like a magazine. Ain't it funny, rumors fly. And I know you heard about me, so hey, let's be friends. I'm dying to see how this one.